welcome to Real Estate with a Twist. I'm Asia Deming. And I'm Erin Lamb. The purpose of this podcast is to bring a fresh perspective to all topics relevant in today's real estate market. We, both being new to the business but not new to sales, want to always be asking the question, is this the best way to conduct business? Or how can we best serve our clients and other vendors involved in our everyday transactions? So the real estate part is basic discussion on what meets the eye, but the twist will be the unveiling of what is not necessarily obvious, but just as important to our overall success. We want to help you accomplish this while still being yourself. Hi, listeners. I am here today, and we are going to be recording an episode on coaching. And besides Erin Lamb, say hi, Erin. Hello. We actually have a special guest, and that special guest is Kristen Cooper, who let me just touch on real quick. So Kristen knows my husband, um, Scott. Um, They go back a long time, but... Kristen's been in real estate for, Kristen, how many years? I got my license in 2017. 2017. Okay, and I'm going to have her introduce herself in a second. But real quick, in 2017, because my husband does some handyman work, she had actually you know, had him do some painting or whatever work needed to be done on some of the properties that she was either listing or selling, whatever the case was. So long story short, when I wanted to get into real estate, I actually had spoken to Kristen to kind of bounce off some ideas and see if she thought it would make sense. Um, her husband was also in the auto industry and jumped over to this this part of it. So, um, so she was pretty insightful and gave me a lot of motivation, which then in turn got me to reach out to my current broker's wife, Lorna, um, and get her opinion. And then I wound up speaking to my current broker and that obviously you guys have heard this story and that goes on. So without further ado, let me introduce Kristen. So Kristen, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. So I currently work for Keller Williams uh, in Sparta. Uh, It's a brand new office. Uh, We've been there probably for about a year. Um, I started with Keller Williams in Metropolitan. Um, I've been with Keller Williams or like I said, I got my license in 2017. I took a break for them for about a year and quickly went back. Um, I have a blended family of five. So I have a total of four girls and one boy. Wow. How do you do that in real estate? <laughs> well, you know, they're all older. So I have a 34-year-old, a 32-year-old, and those are my step kids. And then I have a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old. Um, my 21-year-old daughter just got her license uh, about five months ago. Oh, that's um, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Um, and then her boyfriend actually just got his license as well. So wow. he does um, He does all of our – he primarily does all of us all of our Spanish-speaking clients – and then I have a 17-year-old. So really, it's just the 17-year-old who, you know, drives me nuts, but, you know. <laughs> right. But for the most part, since they're all older, they're pretty self-sufficient. So that's the Absolutely. nice part. Not like five yeah. little toddlers running around. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, my husband and myself. It's a small team. My husband myself, my um, 21-year-old, and then um, her boyfriend. So, wow. Yeah, very cool. You guys have, like, your own little team going on. It is, yeah. That's yeah, great. Cool. 
you mentioned, Kristen, that you um, left Keller Williams for like a short stint and then went back. Can yeah. you just touch on like maybe, you know, the reasons you went back if, without getting too much in detail, but the just advantages of going back to them? It was definitely the culture. It was um, education and culture. So it was Keller Williams is a big sharing um, community. So I have the same listing presentation as my broker who does a ton of business. So it was whatever you need, you can go to the broker um, or the owner, or you can go to the mega agent or anything. So it was just, it was a culture. Everything's an open book. And that's, that's what I liked. And support too. Yeah. Support. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we definitely went back. Very good. I think it's great that you have your own team and, you know, you guys can kind of split up uh, the, the responsibilities or the business to maximize whoever is strong, like maximize on the strengths and weaknesses. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, that's awesome. So now, so you've been in real estate for 2017 or since 2017. So you started off like you're currently a coach, but you didn't start off as a coach, right? Correct. Yeah. So I, I've been doing that for about a year now, a year, maybe a little bit more. Okay. So that was my next question. How long have you been a coach? So you've coached for a year. Now, what was the process like transitioning from an agent to a coach? So with, with the new office opening, they wanted to make sure that it actually, it started with the other office. So they wanted to make sure that any agents that were new that they onboarded were kind of set up for success. So they wanted to make sure that all the agents knew how to write a contract, how to write a listing agreement, how to go in and show a buyer, you know, how to show a house, how to do an open house. So they wanted to make sure that everybody you know, was set up for success. So they right. started that process a little over a year. And then, so I started that with the other office, our sister office. And then once Sparta office opened, I started it with that office. Um, I have a coach myself. And I think that because my office knew that, and I expressed that to, you know, the upper management that I kind of, I had that, like, I, I wanted to see people succeed. So I think they saw that and they, they reached out to me and they said, hey, you know, like, would you be interested in helping the newer agents? And I was like, absolutely. I think that's great because a lot of times I see it in this industry that, you know, some brokerages, they these agents start off their real estate career and the staggering statistic of 78% failing in the fi first five years is crazy. And a lot of that is because they don't have the support and the training. So, you know, and I know it's to each his own. Some people, you know, our brokerage, um, I'm the team leader and we have a lot of systems and processes in place. You are a coach, but there's other brokerages that offer none of that. And some people want none of it. But I think right. that it's a huge key to being successful. So you, when you first started, you had a coach is what you're saying. Yeah. And I still do. And I think that's like important. You know, I think everybody, you know, whether you're a new agent, an existing agent, a mega agent, I think everybody definitely should have a coach because it, it helps you to hold, you know, they're holding you accountable. 
They're helping you to, you know, are, are you doing the right things every day, every week to, you know, whether you want to, you know, continue to make, you know, so many deals each year or you want to double your business, they're helping you with that. Otherwise, you know, you can just kind of be like, hey, the market's tough and, you know, oh, well, I, I might not make it, you know, so. Right. So accountability. I'm sorry, Asia. No, no, off, no. Keep like, going. Is that a big part of the coach part is holding people accountable and um, yes. Yeah. You know, like even like life coaching, I know in general, like it's a different way of count, like it's an alternative to counseling, like just in the outside of real estate, you know, and their approach is to, you know, they take it one step further and they're not just listening. They're like putting it, things into action and holding the other person responsible and accountable for what I think it's nice that you have um, it's designated as a coach because a lot of you, you could start off in a company and you could say, well, you can go to this person and this person. Um, but if you're, you're named a coach, right? Like, I just feel like, and they can come to you anytime, Absolutely. ask questions whenever, you know, as a new person, you might think you have a go-to, but if, if they're not designated to help you, you might feel, I don't know. I just, I, I felt that a little bit in my company, like there was nobody designated, but there was people who had more time in the business that they said I could go to, but you always feel like, oh, I don't want to bother them. Right. Or take their time, you know. Yeah. So. so what we actually just started implementing, which I think is very important, is at first it was, okay, you were assigned a coach, but not every coach is going to fit that personality. So good you know, point. You might, yeah. So you might be assigned a coach and I might not be able to, like, I'm not necessarily like a numbers person. So if I'm... If I got a client that was more a numbers person, a spreadsheet, you know, stuff like that, like my mind doesn't work like that. So what we just started doing is when we onboard somebody, they sign with us. Now they're able to interview each one of us and they're able to pick who they want as a coach, which I think is really good. It also keeps us on our toes, you know, so. Right. Which is good, you know, so they're able to say, hey, you know, Kristen is more of a a paper person and, you know, so-and-so is more of a, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like technology, maybe technology, you know, whatever it is. So it's great. And I can honestly say that all of the coaches in our office, they want to be there. It's not something that they're forced to do. So, and all of us have to do the same thing. So we're all, you know, like we're all going to make sure that they're doing open houses or all writing contracts. So they're, they're getting across the boards, the same exact things. It's just different personalities on how they're taught it. So like different styles. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so an agent comes on board. So how do you start coaching them? Like, do you do you, I'm, I'm sure I know this answer. So my first statement isn't what the answer is. I'm sure like, do you have them sit in front of a computer and watch videos or do you take them hands on and take them on appointments with you and really show them like the reality of the situation? It's hands on. Great. Yeah, it's definitely hands on. I mean, and then it also depends. Are they a full-time agent? Are they a part-time agent? You know, because if I have a couple of part-time agents that can't be in their 
taking the classes, you know, meeting with me. I, I do, I do, well, it depends on them. Either I do a phone call once a week or I do in person once a week. So if they're obviously full time, you know, then it's more a phone call. And we tape a lot of our classes. So if they can't be there, then they know, hey, you need to be here for this class or go to our Zoom link and, and watch it. So, you know, we kind of do both. Right, which in today's world, you kind of have to um, kind of offer a hybrid or both scenarios. Right, yeah. So now, so you do the hands-on approach, which is great. So when you have an agent that is starting out and they're not doing well and they're slowly starting to kind of get down on themselves, how do you lift that person up? What's your style? So for me, it's always mindset. You know, so I always have to, you know, try to take them and say, hey, this is your mindset. You know, we have to turn your mindset around. And then I, I kind of see where their frustration is. And it's funny because I have this with my daughter. So my daughter is not a phone call person. She's 21. So she's, right. you know, so she's, you know, at she's that type of person where she's more of a texter. She'll get on the internet and do stuff like that. Her boyfriend's older than her. He's also more comfortable being Spanish speaking. So he'll do all of that in front of us in our office because I don't understand what he's saying. Right. He has a bunch of clients. She doesn't because what she does is she preps his day for him. Um, So she was very frustrated tonight. She's like, you know, I've been doing it for five months. I have no clients. I'm like, Okay, well, we have to figure out what's going to work for you. Are you going to do open houses? Are you going to be more present on social media? Or, or are you going to, and I just gave her like, hey, you know, let, let's try to do um, bridal showers, you know, or bridal shows, you know. So what it is, is I'm big on find three things that you really like to do and kill it. I don't care if you don't want to get on the phone. I don't care, you know, just find something that you love and be passionate about it. And let's do it to 110%. Kristen, I think that that is so well said because one of the biggest things, and I think, Erin, we've touched on this on previous episodes, that when a new agent comes in, everybody tells them, you got to try all the things. You have to try this, you have to try this, you have to try this, you have to try this. And... You can't try all the things. You're going to be good at it or be good at it. Right. So you have to the whole point. We get in this business. Yes. To be successful and to make money and to help others because it's what we love to do. So we should do the things we love to do. Granted, there will always be parts of this business and any business that you don't like to do. But you're right. If you don't like making phone calls. There are so many other ways to get leads. If you don't like doing social media, then don't do social media. Find another way to get a lead. Find your way. And I think that that's great that you preach that as a coach versus being so process oriented and saying you have to do social media and you have to do this and you have to do this and that's it because that's not the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take. 10 things, throw it up at the wall and see what sticks. That doesn't work. Nope. And you also have to be consistent. So if you're going to try something, you have to see it out. And like you said, you have to really give it 150%. So when it fails, did 
Can you look at yourself in the mirror and really say, did I give this 150% or did I not really like it? So for lack of better words, I half-assed it. And sorry, we're on the podcast here, but I think all the adults have heard the word ass before. So, but that's the reality of it. Yeah, and and if you're doing something, the one the things that you do like, you can be like you said, be passionate about it. You can't get passionate about something that you are resistant to or don't like. You know, don't don't find any pleasure in. So, right, Right. goes hand in hand. Right, that's exactly it. So anyway, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but keep going. So how did the conversation uh, finish? It, 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 you know, she gets frustrated, you know, but I think because she's my daughter, it's a little bit harder, you right. know, so, so that, you know, she goes, I understand. And then, then she left. I mean, she's still in college. So, you know, she still has, you know, another year of marketing and stuff like that, but she, she does not want to do marketing. She wants this to succeed. So I definitely, I'll have to work with her and I'll have to find what her niche is. So so we'll see. Right. And and sometimes it takes time for people to really even realize that because they don't really know. So she right. might have to go through a little bit of a trial and error period to find out what does work for her. But Kristen, Aaron, and myself, I think we would all agree, we've all been successful, that we know if you just keep chopping away at it, you're going to see the light and it's going to work. You're going to break through. And once you do, you can just run with it. Right. And that's, yeah. I think, the, the hardest thing to portray. So, which kind of leads me to also like, so as a coach, you're not just teaching people systems and processes like the way that you do at your brokerage. You're like, you're their leader. So you're also like their psychologist. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's really, really important because you have to know how to lift people up. Right. Yeah. I like find- I said, it's, it's like a mindset, you know? So like when they're down, you have to, you got to acknowledge it, you know, and you have to relate to them. And I think for like, for me, I'm still working in the business. So I think that's what helps me being, you know, like a field coach. Um, so I can relate to like some of these people. I can relate to my daughter. Hey, this year has not been an easy year. So I get it. But you know what? I know that, hey, we need to do A, B, and C in order to succeed. So, you know, I think that's what kind of helps them out. And um, I agree. I think it's really important to be a good coach um, or a, a good leader in general is that you have to You have to be relevant and be in the field yourself and be actively doing it. Because if you've been removed for X amount of time, you have a harder time to relate to that person that needs the positivity and to be brought up. And then they might be looking at you like, well, you don't understand. You're not in today's market, you know, and it's easy for them to get that thought process because they're already frustrated and they don't mean it in a disrespectful manner. That's just their reality that they see at that time. Right. I agree. So you can easily say, listen, I'm experiencing the same thing, you know? So I think it's great that, you know, you also practice real estate as well as coaching. Right. Yeah. Um, In the world of like, um, I just want to touch on one quick thing. Go for it. Of instant gratification, especially for the younger generation. Like they get results like, you know, they want to see results right away. And this industry is, you know, we know it takes so much time to 
you know, once we plant the seeds to actually have them get, you know, come to fruition. No way. We don't show, off. we don't show people houses and they close in two days. It's brutal. Not, not, I'll not give you guys credit. Man. Not, not three days. There are not three houses and you have to pick one like HGTV. Come on. It's not like that. Oh man. We were, we were, uh, misled greatly. I give you credit to the, to the both of you. Really. That's it. It's probably one of the hardest in, industries to keep people motivated. And that's, that's what your jobs are. It's like, kudos right. to both of you. It's a lot of time in between paychecks. And actually, they, yeah. that leads me to a question. Um, and I don't think I actually had this on my questionnaire for you, Kristen. So I don't mean to catch you off guard. But so an agent comes in and, and they interview, right? Or they say they want to get into real estate. So I know that they interview who they want their coach. But I'm assuming that's down the line. What is your advice to them when, like, do they come talk to you even before they want to get into real estate? And do you have that financial question for them? Like, are you in a financial position to where you can wait 60 days for a paycheck? So minimum? They, don't, they need, so the difference with a team leader and a coach is we're two different people. So our team leader really does more of like the onboarding. Okay. So they onboard like the new agents. Um, our team leader manages like the day to day operations. They help with like agent growth. They make sure that um, our office culture is, uh, you know, being withheld or upheld. Um, and they make sure that the agents um, and everybody is being properly trained. So our team leader does that after the person then says, Hey, uh, I'm raising my hand. I want to sign with Keller Williams. Then they now say, okay, I'm going to, I'm signing. Um, I need a coach. So then it's my job to do that. Um, Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how the process works. Um, for us, um, what I do is, is kind of like say, Hey, what are your goals for the year? So I kind of have like a packet that I just honestly started doing. Um, so it's a packet, you know, what are your, and it's a, like a questionnaire and then it's, what is your yearly goal? And I, I tell them, so it doesn't necessarily need to be how much money do you want to make? Unless you know, you know, like you might've then, just left your full-time job and you need to know how much money you need to make. If that's, if that's that, then write it down. Otherwise, you know, you might want to say, Hey, I want to service, you know, 10 families this year. So I do that just so I can kind of then know, okay, so how many buyers you need to help, how many, you know, listings you want to take, you know, like that. And then I can kind of then say, okay, well, we need to do, you know, so many things, whether you're making calls, doing open houses. So I do that with my clients. You like, you back into it. You back into the end result, which there's a, I can't think of the name of the book, but there's a, I think it's the seven, uh, ah, man, I can't think of it, but that's, it's in the book. Like you got to back into the end result. Yeah. Yeah. So like they might, they might see like 10 transactions And they're like, oh, my God, that scares me to death. But when I break it down into a monthly, that's like nothing for them. You know, so you take the big number and then you take the monthly and they're like, oh, 
that's attainable. I can actually do that. And I'm like, yeah, 10 transactions is really nothing. We're going to get you there and, and we'll be good. You know, so that's, that's what we do with them, you know, so. No, I think that's great because you have to have goals and you have to show people how attainable those goals really are, especially when they're first starting up, you know, and then some people don't know what that equates to. So they might think, well, if I sell 10 houses, I'm going to be rich. And then you're showing them to break down the numbers and that doesn't even make them what they need to make. And maybe it needs to be 12 houses and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it, but at least they have a realistic expectation and they know what they need to do. Right. You know, versus just saying, you know, go sell houses. You know, because that doesn't really work. That's why I do like the questionnaire. So it's like, okay, for me, real estate was my second career, you know? So it's like, you know, some people have come from a corporate job, you know, it's like, well, why did you do that? What's your why? Why are you doing this? You know, like, are you doing it because you want to be your own boss? Are you doing it because you want to buy a new car? Are you doing it because... You know, you want to be a role model for your kids, you know, so it's at at the point when I'm asking them, they might not know right now, but I really kind of want to dig a little bit deeper because then that also helps them to be more accountable to themselves, you know, and and then it kind of gets back to almost being on the psychological part. Sure. So it's, it's. It helps. It, it really, it, and it makes more of a bond, I think, with the agent and the coach. Absolutely. And there definitely has to be that bond, which is why they get to interview you. Right. To, yeah. to kind of see how they match up and if your personalities clash and if you're yeah. going to be a good fit. Um, as far as the current market conditions, and we've had a crazy couple of years, right? Right. Um, but now we're starting to see a little bit of a little bit of a change, um, and that could just be you know school, whatever the case is. Um, how do you think coaching affects those people? And do you recommend that everybody have a coach, whether no matter what the case is, even if you're a veteran? Absolutely. So I wish that I would have had a coach from day one, um, because I think I I struggled my first year which is pretty normal, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Even my second year, I didn't have my coach, honestly, until 2020. And that was literally right before COVID hit. And I'm thankful that my husband and I ended up getting a coach because if we didn't, we probably would have ended up going back to our previous um, jobs because she really? kept us. Oh yeah, absolutely. She kept us accountable. She kept us pushing. And I mean, that year was our best. Well, I mean, we did better than the previous two years. And then every year since that, we've doubled our business. So, oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So everybody needs a coach, you know, just to, and at the level that we're at, I think because we pay for it, it's totally different. You know, like you're paying for it. So you're, you're there. You're definitely holding yourself accountable. You're invested. 
You're invested. Yes, I love that. You're invested. But yes, no matter whether you're a new agent, an agent that's, you know, five years in the business or a top producer, I think everybody definitely needs a coach. So now that brings me to my next question. If you think everybody needs a coach, then how do you feel the other agents are receptive to it? So if you have a veteran agent that comes on board, are they open to having a coach or do they just want to do it their way? Like what's your experience? Um, I think honestly, I think it's definitely, I think people have to really sit down and look as an agent. They have to look at their finances and I think that they need to really look at their finances, see how, their finances are and how they can figure out putting a coach into their, their plan. It's not cheap. I pay, my husband and I pay a thousand dollars a month. It's not cheap at all. You know, so we have to definitely, that's part of our budget though, you know? Um, and I think that definitely holds people back. Um, right. Because it, because if you're not used to be working on a commission basis and you don't have a lot of money set aside, that thousand dollars could be a scary nut. Absolutely. And you start paying that right away, or like you you can go on a plan where you like no, it's it's right away. Yeah, it's right away. So, but I think that a lot of offices, whether you're Keller Williams, you know the the yellow company, you know the red, white, and blue company, whatever. I think that all of us has to like start doing like a financial type of class to kind of teach all of the agents like, okay, you're getting your commission check. What are you doing with it? You know, are you, you know, a certain amount needs to make sure that it's going towards your taxes. A certain amount needs to go, you know, towards this, make sure that, you know, this is going to go towards your marketing, make sure that, you know, a certain amount is being, you know, set aside for this. So I think that's where I think as a whole or an industry, we don't do a a service to the agents. And I think that if we did that, maybe more people would have coaches. Right, right, right. You know, that actually brings up a really good point. You know, Um, I think that is something that you know, every agent should be kind of shown and kind of taught. It's and you're not it's, it's just because they may not be used to having an industry where you could go a month without a paycheck in the beginning and then all of a sudden next month you got a bunch of big paychecks that yeah. came to you and you're not used to getting such a big chunk of change, especially right. if you were out an hourly employee before that or a salaried employee and you need to be able to manage that money and you're right, pay your taxes, put the money aside for the marketing and be able to stretch that. Um, just in case you do go another month or two without a closing, especially in today's market up here with septics, like closings get pushed back all the time. So you mm-hmm. might count on getting a paycheck in two weeks that you find out you're not getting for another 30 days. Right. And really, you should never be two weeks from closing and it gets pushed out 30 days. So that's probably a poor example. But the point is, is you think you're getting a paycheck fairly soon and it could be a lot longer than you anticipate. Right. So I think that that would definitely benefit everybody and especially newer agents. 
Yeah, definitely. Do, how do you find um, experienced agents, um, are they receptive to hearing you out as their coach? Um, or do they always think they know more than you? So, no. Actually, well, with our agents, I think um, my husband and I are probably the, the least experienced. And we get a lot of questions. So, they're definitely pretty uh, receptive. That's great. And I would think that that would be the case as long as you're showing them that you do what they do and you're showing them that you're successful and your way also works, then why not? It's just, uh, you know, sometimes some people have a harder time taking direction or anything from somebody that's not as experienced in their eyes. And a lot of times experience isn't always as technical as it seems. sometimes it's perception. Right. I mean, granted, I always have a ton of questions and I'll go like next door and I'll be like, Hey, you know, I have, you know, this question and and they're great. So it's, you know, but they they do it. And I think that's, what's nice. It's, there's a lot of collaboration in our office and, you know, it, it doesn't matter what, you know, you're five years in the business, 15, seven, you know, everybody kind of bounces stuff off of each other, which is pretty no, that's great. Um, I don't know you that well, Kristen, but you seem, I think, one of the, the biggest benefits. You seem really approachable, too. Like, as, like, you just seem like an open book, like, and anybody can just come to you and they're not feeling, like, hesitant to do that, right? My, oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, our door is always open at, at the office. If it's closed, it's because we're making phone calls. But even yeah. that, I'm like, hey, you know, we have four desks in our office, and I tell everybody, if just come in and make phone calls, I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm paying for the office, but whatever. I have nothing to hide. My, I have my whiteboard with all our list potential listing clients. There's phone numbers on there. I'm like, if you're going to steal something from me, go ahead. Then steal it. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. And, and they're just not like that, you know, so. Yeah, generally people are more trusting than we would think or right. we, we hope so. Right, exactly. Um, I have a question for you. So what what is one thing that you wish that you knew before you had a coach that you know now? Hmm. Um, that I had a coach. I wish somebody honestly would have said, get a coach. Right. Because it, it wasn't until... When we left, we went to the other company and then we went back. We saw um, there was a husband and wife team and they're the same. They've been in the business the same amount of time and they just blew up. And we said to them, like, what are we doing that we should be doing? And they said, we have a coach. And they said to us, you know, the only thing you have to do is just make sure that you do your homework that they're giving you and you're okay with them questioning you and being held accountable. And we're like, okay, we'll do it. And then right, ended up getting a coach. And that's important because sometimes when people are questioning you or trying to hold you accountable, people get defensive. And it's really important that Like you don't have an ego, like be humble, don't have an ego. Everybody has things to learn. And that's one of the things that I would want to portray to any new agent. Like 
don't have an ego, you know, and whether you're in this business one year, six months or 20 years, we all know that in every industry, there's always something to learn. And especially in real estate with all the different changes in the market and the different aspects of it, there is so much to learn. You're never going to know it all. I think it's all in how you deliver stuff. So it's, there's always a way to, to say something, you know, right. so, you know, you don't have to be nasty about it or, you know, if you give somebody like, Hey, you know, make five phone calls and I'll talk to you in a week, you know, like if they didn't make the five phone calls, okay. You know, but there's a way about delivering it. You know, you don't have to be nasty about it. So Absolutely. A hundred percent. I totally agree. There's a lot to say for the deliverance of the message. Right. Um, so when somebody comes on board, they're new and they're trying to hustle. And I hear it from agents all the time. Um, you know, I work 24-7. I work 24-7. And I'm sure I'm going to upset a lot of agents out there. But first of all, no, you don't. And if you do... I don't mean it rudely, but I feel sorry for you. You should not be working 24-7. How do you pitch work-life balance? And, uh, and and do you stress the importance of it? Um, Myself, honestly, still working on that. So that I definitely, I, I need to, I think because I'm, I feel like I'm so young in the business that honestly, I still, um, probably still working seven days a week. So now... But you don't work from like sunrise to sundown. No. And that's the difference. So you may take breaks or do something for yourself in between. It just depends on how you spread it out. Yeah. Yeah. So like during the week, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I need to take, you know, a day off. I will. Um, However, I will make sure that I'm like, I stress that to, to new agents, you know, like make sure your family comes first. Right. You know, your family definitely comes first. Um, am I a hypocrite? Absolutely. But I don't have. That's little, okay. Yeah. I don't have little ones, you know, so, um, you know, all, all the kids are basically, you know, they can bounce the fish Yeah. So yeah. It, I think it depends. Um, in like your season of life, it kind of depends. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but yesterday my day ended at three o'clock because my daughter's going to homecoming. So we went dress shopping, you know, so I'm able to do that. And that's the key. You wouldn't, you wouldn't tell your daughter, no, I have to keep calling people and keep doing this. You, you have that boundary where you're like, no, this is my priority. I'm going to stop it now. And I'm going to go take my daughter dress shopping. And that's what I mean when I, when I make that statement. And that's important because a lot of people I mean, I hear people saying, oh, I missed the birthday party. I missed this. I'm like, but, but why? That was poor planning on your, on your part. And I've been, then I feel compelled. I want to work with that person on time efficiency because it's like, you should never miss your kid's birthday party. Why? Because you had, you had phone calls to make, like that doesn't make any sense. Right. So for instance, when my daughter played basketball freshman year, my husband and I were the only parents that were actually at the games because we can make our schedule. So we we had her schedule. We knew we, because our clients don't know what our schedule is. Right. So I'm, I'm huge on time blocking. So I have everything color coded with my coaching calls and 
you know, when my appointments are, when I'm going to do my calls and everything like that. So I had her schedule. So I made sure that personal was time blocked. I love it. Yeah. And everything was then scheduled around that. So yeah, I guess I can say I'm, I'm okay with family. When I think of family and work balance, I'm thinking more of like vacation. We don't, I do vacation, but I probably should do it more than I do. I would agree with that. Um, You know, so it sounds like you have work-life balance, but you're right. Uh, When I say I have work-life balance, I don't, I mean it the same way you do. Like I don't have it for vacations, um, you know, but you know, we do try to go away when we can, but I don't, I don't even think we went away this year other than we visited my uh, stepdaughter and that was it. But um, same thing, we could work on that a little bit more, but I have my boundaries and I know when to you know, I don't work past eight o'clock at night and that's just, that works for me. That may not work for everybody else. Um, especially if you're a night owl, I'm not a night owl. So I'd rather start my day early and finish it early. You know, if I could be in bed by eight 30 every night, like an old lady, I'd be the happiest girl in the world. (laughs) So, um, wow. That's really, really interesting and really insightful. You know, um, I'm a team leader at my office and you know, I guess, you know, I haven't been in the industry to really know what a true team leader does and like what a coach does. I think in my office, I'm more of a, a mix. I do both, which is great. And I love it. And it keeps me busy because for the same thing as you, I love helping people and I'm very patient, but I thought it was important today to, you know, you never know what agency or brokerage a new agent is going to go work for and they should know the tools like if they offer a coach get a coach which is why I thought it was so important to have you on this podcast so you can enlighten us as to why do we need a coach and do I always need a coach and the answer is yes you always need a coach according to Kristen Cooper and I love that (laughs) but but I love that because it's it also goes along with my motto where you can always be learning so, right, yes. and, and people to hold you accountable. And most importantly, you know, not everybody has this personality where they can always be driven and positive and things like that. And when people are down, it's nice to have somebody in their office that can help bring them up because you do need that. You can't always say, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. Even if they're not making the right mistake or doing the right things, they're making mistakes it's important to go about it the right way to lift them up. Right. So, and it sounds like you have that mastered, which is great. Erin, um, do you have any other questions before we wrap it up? I don't. Well, I think we covered everything we wanted to, right? Aaron's like, you some. covered it, Asa. I've done some. <laughs> um, so, uh, Kristen, at the end of every episode, we do a self-care tip, and then we cheers somebody, kind of like give somebody a shout-out. So... I'm going to let you cheers whoever you want. If you have somebody in mind, maybe it's an agent that's done a nice job. Maybe it's a client that just closed on a home. Maybe it's somebody in your office, whatever the case is. But I'll give the self-care tip first. So the self-care tip of the episode is going to be set goals and priorities for yourself. So by setting goals, you're always going to know the direction you're going in. And it's a self-care tip because it's going to hopefully alleviate stress because you know what your goal is versus the unknown but most importantly don't set a goal that's out of reach because then it's counterproductive because it causes stress so that's my self-care tip of the episode 
And Kristen, do you have anybody you want to cheers? Can I cheers to you two ladies? Because I remember when you guys were first going to do this, and I was like, oh, my God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you guys, I'm going to have you on. And I'm like, okay. And then finally, here we are. We're doing it. And let me tell you. I was so nervous today, all day. I made like my little cheat sheet. I'm like, I'm answering all the questions. But no, I'm like super, super proud of you ladies. You know, You're natural. Thank you. But like, honestly, I mean, Asia, like for you and I to get together, totally different brokerages. And I mean, I, I love everything that you're doing online. You know, it's just like, you're awesome. And oh, thank you. You know, it, who cares who we work for? There's plenty of business out there. Exactly. You know, you're doing a great job. You're killing it. And um, it's great. And, you know, Aaron, I, I can't believe, you know, that you two know each other. Now it's like a full circle. <laughs> you know, it's so small world up here, isn't it? Very, very small world. Yes. So right. Actually, so we'll share with the listeners real quick before we say goodbye. Um, so Aaron and I, we all know, have been uh, best friends for a long time. But, you know, I think probably six or eight months into my career, um, I finally decided to, like, sit down with Kristen and, like, just have coffee. Like, let's just talk about life. Talk about real estate. Like, you know, not like it wasn't like a poaching thing. Like, come work for me. It was just like, let's just chat and help each other. And I thought it was great. And all of a sudden, we're kind of just bouncing off of each other, talking about who our preferred vendors are. And (laughs) I was telling her how we use... Family first funding. And I was like, it's crazy because my best friend does mortgages and I can't use her. And she's like, oh, well, who is she? And I was like, oh, she's Erin Lamb from Cardinal. And lo and behold, Kristen's like, I know Erin Lamb. Yeah. So we had just done an event together. Uh, yeah. It was like last year around this time, so somewhere around Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Fraser. It's a really, yep. really small world. And if I could just tell any new agents that are listening, because this is kind of who we cater to. Don't be afraid to just talk to people. Like you don't need to just talk to people in your brokerage. It's okay. Talk to people outside and get their perspective. You know, what's the yeah. worst thing that could happen? You might learn something. So exactly. you could always pick up and learn something. And maybe it's something that, you know, you can share with others. Like the whole idea is this is a rough business and we should all work together to make each other successful versus hoarding all the business and keeping it all about me, me, me. So, right. But play nice in the sandbox. There's one common thread here too. We didn't touch on. We all came from auto before we came into the house yes. industry, which oh is my just God. so ironic, you know, yeah. that's yeah. really, really ironic. Small world. Yes. Well, listen, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you listeners for listening and we will see everybody next week. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Real Estate with a Twist podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and we had a blast. If you liked it, make sure to like, rate, and review us. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Estate with a Twist podcast. Take care and we'll see you next time on Real Estate with a Twist podcast.